This is the Local Flex Podcast, and I'm your host, Connor Flayhive. This week, we are very lucky to be joined by a friend and member, Dave Depcon. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome, Connor. Glad to be here. How long have you been a member? I've been a member since 2015. That I, long? 2015, I remember. I did a, uh, I did a Spartan race <clears throat> August 15th. 2015, trained my ass off yeah. on my own, yeah, and just got killed on the race. Just totally killed. It was eight eight miles, uh, 25 plus obstacles, and I'll never forget after the race. Uh, and I, I trained hard. I put the time in. I mean, I would be in in uh, on the Desplaines River trails, you know, running two miles, 30 burpees, two more miles, 30 burpees. I'd be going up to 20 miles. I was. I, I thought I was trained up, but after that race, I just, I, immediately after the race, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I am totally done. Uh, you know, two minutes in, you know, you get a beer after the race, you're sitting there and I'm like, oh God, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna live, I'm not gonna die. And then suddenly 30 minutes later, I am asking when the next race is, and I was in. I'm but, end, how, many, how many Spartans have you done? How many races have you done? Oh my God. After thinking uh, that you were done after that one. Oh my God, 12, wow. 12, 13. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, uh, but I knew that I had to do something different. Yeah. I knew that my training, I was working hard. Believe me, I'm putting time in. I'm in the basement, I'm in my basement on the treadmill for three hours running, doing burpees, and uh, just wasn't, wasn't gonna get me there. Yeah, that's incredible. So. Will, I didn't even realize that it was five years already. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Is Time that good? Is that's that yeah, good? good. That's great. No, that's awesome. Um, I did not realize it was that long. So, But before we get into your training and you know the working out and kind of what we do here, um, I the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because I use Dave just for our hundreds of thousands of listeners that are listening right now. I use Dave as a big soundboard for for me he had a very successful career with Hilton um I actually just got this information because I I knew it but I wasn't aware of it and I'm gonna screw up the name here because it is a mouthful but he retired 18 months ago as the VP of global VP of global HSM center of excellence I was a global VP global VP I screwed it up but, but really, Dave is someone that I go to constantly for advice on leadership, uh, management, um, hospitality and service advice, and just someone that all too often I go up and say, hey, Dave, what do you think of this? So I just, selfishly, I am excited because I think I'm going to get a ton from this. But again, to our hundreds of thousands of listeners that are going to be listening in, I think you guys are going to get so much gold from this because I think Dave is a very, very wise man. You are a grandpa, so that automatically makes you wiser. Um, so I just think Dave is someone that we can learn a lot from and I really want to dive into that. Um, also, you took Billy out to lunch a couple times, helping him out. I was not invited to those lunches. I don't, that's that's really the reason I brought you on because I wanted to bring you up front and ask you why was I not at those lunches. That's on Billy. I'm kidding. First. I really want to talk about how you got into that career path and, and with Hilton. So was that something that you studied in college, like no. hospitality, or how did no, that come about? I went to Southern Illinois University, uh, majored in rugby and beer drinking. 
and uh, finally came to my senses senior year and um, and really focused and was, was very fortunate to have an opportunity with Hilton Hotels out of school. So that was right out of school. So yeah, you-, you bet. I came out of school and I uh, interviewed and for their training program, Hilton was going to send me to Washington, D.C., Miami, or New Orleans. And I still, my friends still bring it up. Um, you know, we went out and I was talking to them about this interview I'm having and I could possibly be in one of these spots and you know to my face they're all like oh yeah that's really great but behind my back they're like this guy is never leaving Wheeling Illinois he is here he ain't going and then a week later I got the job and I drove out to Washington DC in my car I had blankets a stereo two suits and that was it and that was yeah that was 30 boy 30 plus years ago that is I mean, that's so uncommon to be with one company for your entire career. Well, I was fortunate. The company evolved. It wasn't, you know, Hilton was a small hotel company when I joined it. And then through acquisitions, it did became a global, a global leader. And I was, look, there's a certain amount of, look, there's a lot of hard work and effort, but there's a certain amount of luck being in the right place at the right time. And I was, uh, I was really fortunate. And then I was given opportunities and, and would, always, uh, would always exceed expectations. So if the job called for me doing these four things, you know, excelling at these four things, I would add a fifth and a sixth thing in. And, uh, and it, it worked. It moved, it moved me and the company grew and I, I was fortunate to grow with it. When you first went into the company, what was that position? Well, I was a purchasing coordinator. I worked at, a, at the Washington Hilton and I ran the storerooms. I coordinated food requirements with the culinary team. So when they would go through menu production, I would make sure that, you know, if we had a banquet for 3,000, uh, I would make sure that the garmage had uh, the, ice, the appropriate amount of iceberg lettuce on site three days before the function so they could go through their prep. And I would wow. do this same thing with the saucier and the, and the butcher shop, but it was a, uh, it really was starting at the beginning. I ran storerooms, I oversaw receiving, and I was really fortunate. I, I did that for six months, and again, I exceeded expectations. A, uh, a director purchasing job opened at the McLean Hilton, which was not far from the Washington Hilton. And, you know, I'm a kid, I'm 23, and I'm like, well, I want, to, I want my name in the hat for that job. I'm not, yeah. I want them to at least understand that I was a serious young man. That was only six months in? Six months in. Wow. And I, then I got the job, and then it was like, uh, you know, honestly, I uh, it was scary. And my my whole goal uh, was to be a director of purchasing. That was it. So suddenly I'm with a major corporation, and six months in, I got the gig. The and then I said, I remember sitting there thinking, wow, okay, this is it. So the next, you know, the next forty years, I'm going to be sitting in this chair. So I. You know, you have to realign goals, but yeah. it was, uh, yeah, yeah, six months in. Okay, so that first it. position that you were in D.C., how many people did you oversee? Uh, eight, eight to ten, yeah. Six months later, how many people were you overseeing? Oh, smaller operation. Okay. So the Washington Hilton, uh, you know, 1,154 rooms. Oh, the wow. McLean Hilton was 400 rooms. But I had to do more things. Okay. So, um, 
I, yeah, I think I had five maybe. So how did how did you continue to level up? I, obviously, going through, you know, looking at the bigger picture of the whole thirty years, where you kind of climbed the quote unquote corporate ladder. Just looking at that that new position six months later, how did you level up to get to that position to where a lot of people deal with like imposter syndrome? Like, hey, I'm only what, 24 years old at the time? Were you 20? Yeah, 20, 23, 24. 23, 24. I just got a position that I thought I was like, was my end goal. How do I get out of my own head to feel like I can do this job to the best of my ability and to exceed expectations? Does that question make sense? No, I don't, I don't know if I have a good answer. I just always really focused on the job I had and didn't, did not look ahead. Um, you know, learning the job, excelling at it. Um, also, back then with Hilton, you kind of knew that you, you know, the hotel industry in general, you would move every 18 months. You'd move into a new role. So I was aware that uh, I'm going into role. The expectation is for me to be at this 400 room hotel for 18 months and then I would there would be other opportunities as long as I was willing to reload and um, you know if you would reload if you would go where the opportunity was you could climb quickly and I did that up into up until a certain point you know once I had kids and um, you know I moved around a lot when I was younger and um, I didn't and I'm, look, I'm fine, relatively speaking, I'm fine, but mm-hmm. it was not always, you know, moving four times within, you know, middle school and high school is, is tough on a kid. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't want to do that to my kids. So once we, once I got to a certain level, uh, I did decline positions, but then I offered to um, do the job and take a lesser title and lesser money uh, as kind of a compromise. So even though I wouldn't move to Beverly Hills, I did say that, look, I'll do the job from Chicago and maybe I could do this portion of it and uh, I don't need a title. You know, I'm, that, that's not the titles will come, the money will come. Um, so really just kind of played the long game and again, it worked, worked out well. That's really cool. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's something that I always talk about is playing the long game. But in a situation like you, where you kind of know that in 18 months, generally there's going to be another position or another opportunity, it's kind of like within the long game, you have these short little sprints mm-hmm. where you can really focus on the job at hand and really over deliver. I mean, that, that's so cool for you to like say that is like you really focus on if they wanted one, two, and three, you gave them four, five, and six. Yeah. How did you always, it takes, I think, a, a certain level of intelligence to know what four, five, and six would be. How did you always come up with that four, five, and six? So how did you exceed expectations knowing that they wanted one, two, and three? I, good good question. I'm good at reading a room. I'm good at seeing where we, where an operation needs additional help or where it's lacking. Um, I don't think there's any one, there's not, there's not like a secret. I think you just, it's awareness. It's awareness, it's being conscientious, it's um, not being territorial. Some of the things that I what do you mean by that? that? I would, well, some of the things that I would do would really be somebody else's job. Okay. So, like in the uh, you know, and again, it's a it's a simple thing. Uh, optics optics are really important. When I went into the McLean Hilton, it was a mess. The storeroom was a mess. The loading dock was a mess. 
the area between the storerooms and the loading dock had milk crates and CO2 tanks and and uh, I came in on a Saturday and I just cleaned it up. I cleaned it up. I, is it my job? No, not really. But Monday, the general manager does his walkthrough. Suddenly he sees the area and he finds out that I cleaned everything up. Yeah. Came in on a Saturday, came in on my off day. And then I would just maintain it. But it was it was those things and then he would see it. And you know, back then I'm not sure he really knew what I did, but he knew what he saw and yeah. he was it was easy for him to support me when I needed things because you know, because of the optics. Yeah. That's incredible. I never I never knew that one you traveled like you were out there so much but i mean i think just hearing this back you kind of get the feeling or or know why i use dave as a soundboard because i feel like you see things that possibly other people don't you know i i talk to my team a lot about unused capacity where could we get better at something or where could we do something that we're, we're not doing right now um and just from a organizational standpoint or like you said um cleaning things i mean where can we get better at something that we're not seeing right now and i think that it's a that you're very humble when you come talking about that but that's a skill set in and, in and above itself to be able to see things and forecast things that the average person is not there because it's generally not tangible you have a different set of eyes sometimes yeah. when you look at different things and everybody has a different honestly everybody looks at things differently so yeah that's amazing. So fast forward to uh, you're now the, I'm going to screw this up again, the global VP of HSM's Center of Excellence. Yes. Okay. Where, what does that title do? So you worked your way, you worked your way up, you, well, you I had, took advantage I held, of opportunities. Yeah. I held almost every position, whether it be sourcing or operations. This was a center-led function that did all of the all of the financials, we did all the data collection and analysis. We would, uh, we did a monthly business review. We prepare all the metrics and post metrics. We ran, uh, we ran all of the bids for the sourcing team. Um, we had help desk. Mm -hmm. uh, so any one of the 8,000 hotels could. 80,000 you said? 8,000. 8, 8, yeah, 8, could, could call in and, um, uh, ask a question about, you know, Hilton supply chain. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really an interesting job. Um, it was a uh, a module that I actually had built up. It wasn't pre-existing, really? so I went in. I had to hire all the people, build the processes. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great challenge. It's a great challenge. It was very. Um, so I did travel for work. Uh, I, I tried not to travel when the kids were young, but when they got older, I did travel a little bit more. Uh, but that travel ended up, uh, I was in Washington, D.C. almost every week for what, roughly the final two and a half years with Hilton. And it, uh, honestly, you know, 30 plus years at, of yeah. corporate life is plenty. Yeah. Uh, and it just got to the point where it was... You know, I had experienced loss in my life and uh, and then was on a plane, you know, early Monday morning and I would get home Thursday night and I'd be in a hotel room all week. It, it just wasn't a life I wanted to, to keep leading. 
Yeah. And so I was I was really fortunate. It was really hard because I did leave a lot of really great people mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it. But it just got to the point where I, you know, financially I can not work and uh, and I have other things. You know, work didn't define me. Yeah. Um, you know, my father, grandfather, uh, did some coaching, and uh, I've got enough in my life where I don't have to work to, you know, feel fulfilled. How difficult was the decision to retire, though? I know you're saying you have so many other fulfilling things in life, but obviously, it was, you know. honestly, it wasn't. So oh, I, it wasn't. I went, okay. No, I just I just went through a period where, uh, and you know my history. You know, my mom passed, my wife passed, my you know I had an uncle who who really raised me past uh, best friend from high school past. So it was like, you know, you go through life and you, you know, I really hadn't experienced it. And suddenly within two years, I, you know, have, you know, people in my, my top five. Yeah. Um, and they're gone. And, and it, again, it, the corporate life is not easy. It is a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of, uh, it's corporate life. Yeah. So it just got to the point where it wasn't, it wasn't the life I wanted, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. No. God, it wasn't hard. Are you kidding me? I went to the, I retired. I went up to the UP for, ninety days. Up in the UP, there, eh? I did. I cleared <laughs> brush. I grew a big, beautiful beard, and um, yeah, it was, I liked it. That's I still like it. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I'm a, I'm 33, so I'm pretty young. But it's I hate you. <laughs> it's amazing that I. But I'm. We're gonna be coming up on ten years in April for the gym, and it's amazing how you can just push so hard and just like you take advantage of every opportunity. You know, you had to relocate many times and all that stuff, where you're pushing so hard to climb that ladder for thirty years, and then you know certain things happen and it kind of readjusts your priority list and then it yeah. it literally comes to an end but I think the main thing is before we break this topic is I want to talk about um, obviously you, you are an avid listener of the local flex podcast am I correct Dick? oh yeah so I have a rule that you have to come on with three tips Got it. and before we get into the actual working out and talking about training portion um, I want to take some of those tips that you have for yours is just mostly just making the most out of life, correct? I yeah, let's go with that. Okay, I, know, I, I wrote down three. <laughs> things we're not a big. You were you weren't a big title guy I, when it came I to work. Love. Now you're not a big title guy here. Listening to your story, I there, I just learned so much that I didn't know, and it, it kind of makes me even more in awe of your. Is humbleness a word? Humble. Humble, sure. humbleness. Yeah. So I would love to learn more about the tips that you have for just life in general. So please, Dave, tip number one. Tip number one. Dave, wow. you didn't silence your phone. Wow. Hey, this is okay. I know, I know. I'm I actually, regular. I, know. I took the phone out because I didn't want to interrupt us. Um, you know, we're just going to keep going, Dave. Back at just, That's okay. a little background music. That's like that's elevator nice. music. You keep going. Tip number one. Uh, character matters always. Um, it is. This is the longest God, ring of all time. It really is. It's, it's really long. So character matters. Um, I'm a big believer in doing the right thing, and and you know it's doing the right thing. That's character. Doing the right thing when nobody's watching, nobody's gonna know. 
personally, professionally, um, you know, we all we all make mistakes. We all have failures, and you know, just own it, own it, own it, fix it. Don't dodge it. Don't blame someone else. Um, character, yeah, character, character is key. And a lot of that is, I think, is value driven. Like you have to have a certain set of values. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of continued education on, on leadership and management and stuff like that. And uh, someone that I follow quite a bit is a guy named Donald, Donald Miller, who's, who owns something called uh, Business Made Simple. And he talks a lot about in business, you can, you know, people who are not value driven and who are not character first, where they're not always doing the right thing, even if someone's not watching, um, you know, they may experience some level of success, but at some point that flaw in their character is going to come up to bite them in the ass. No doubt. Um, so that's an amazing tip number one. Tip number two, Dave. Uh, forgive yourself. So you, uh, look, life is hard. We set goals. Sometimes we achieve them. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we don't always do the right thing. Um, and uh, like I said, I've not always done the right thing in my life. But I've always, you know, I've never made the same mistake twice. And I've never, uh, you know, done something that I haven't been proud of and, and repeated that. And, uh, you know, especially in these times, you know, forgive yourself. Don't listen. Don't listen to the noise because uh, there's a lot of noise out there. Just, um, you know, it's okay to be tough on yourself, but it's also okay to, you know, to understand when you made a mistake and, and rally. Yeah. So you basically hold yourself to a standard. You try to stick to that standard, mm -hmm. but if you fall below the line, you it's going to happen. Accept accountability and you yeah. forgive yourself and move on. Right? You, yeah. right? That's awesome. Tip number three: Be a warrior. Okay, Dave. Yeah. Yep. I so um, I am fifty-eight, and I am uh, I am constantly trying to challenge myself and. You know, whether it is uh, from a learning standpoint or from a, from a physical standpoint, um, it doesn't matter where you are, you, you need a challenge. You should put it out there and you should tell people. And I'll, I'll never forget, I did the worst race I ever did was at Big Bear Lake, California. And it was a Spartan race. It was... 15 miles it was I don't know 35 obstacles and you know going up and training for the race I was uh, I, I was just struggling physically I didn't I had a hamstring problem I couldn't run as much so I'm not in top uh, you know I'm not at my peak but I go out you know I've got the flight booked I go out there you know the the elevations 10,000 feet we obviously are not training at elevation here yeah. and Big Bar, Big Bear Lake, it's basically a ski lodge and, and I know it's impossible to have a race be uphill the whole way, but this <laughs> race was uphill Yeah. and I'll just never forget three, three miles in, I am literally thinking, I, I can't do this I, and I have never, believe me, I'm, when I do the race, you know, I'm, I'm mentally strong, I'm ready. And, you know, I fight through any of the negative. And this one, it was just, it was just such a, you know, the elevation, uh, the inclines. So 
I, honestly, I'm like within inches of quitting, and then I think, well, yeah, um, that's that's uh, that's good. Let's you know, everybody at work knows you're out th- th- doing this races. Yeah, and that's good. Let's uh, let's just go into the office on Monday and tell them it was you know, it was too hard. I did three miles out of fifteen. They'll get it. They'll understand. Um, and then, oh, yeah, let's go back to the gym because you guys knew I was doing the race. And yeah. Yeah, let me tell the guys in the gym that I did three miles. That's it. I couldn't do, I couldn't answer any more than three miles. And then lastly, and the one that really got me are my kids. You know, I got three kids and, um, and they, uh, you know, all, uh, everything that I talk about, you know, commitment and working hard and perseverance. Yeah, that's all bullshit. That's can we say bullshit on the on a Dave? We're an explicit podcast. Anyway, uh, so yeah, go home and tell your kids. Look at your kids and say, yeah, it was it was too hard. So I, I finished the race. I mean, it was a grind. It was the hardest, worst race. I stole the t-shirt. I love that t-shirt because it just brings me back to the to how bad it was. Um, but I, again, I'm a big uh, big believer in uh, and again. You don't have to sign up for a 15-mile yeah. Spartan. You could do a 5K. You could do a. You could run a mile. You yeah. just tell people that you're, you know. But just, you know, whatever, wherever you're at in your warrior life, you know, starting warrior, just pick something, and uh, and commit to it, and then tell people you care about that you're going to do it, and that will, that is really, um, it's really helpful and. and and keeping you focused and making sure you you know you do what you say you're going to do. Step up to the line, right? That's it. That's awesome. I think that is a good transition into a little bit of the training. Yeah. You, you said you had Here a great segue. I thought so. Okay, so you started doing Spartan races at what age? Well, let's just do some math. I had to be 52. Yeah. And I was at a barbecue. My buddy Barry Budzinski... That's a great name. That's a great name, Barry. And I had uh, one too many beer, and Barry was going to do this this race uh, in August, and um, uh, he was talking about it. And you know, Barry's not the picture of fitness, so I'm like, well, yeah, if you can do it, I can do it. And that that was really it. That really kind of, you know. And I I I'm trying to think back. I have done a marathon, done a couple marathons. Within that same, you know, within the last, you know, since I've been here with you guys. Um, but, yeah, that kind of triggered my, you know, I, so I coached. My daughter played uh, competitive softball, uh, travel softball. My son played travel baseball. And so as I went through my 40s, I, uh, I coached a lot. So I coached travel and really enjoyed it. Um, didn't get to work out a lot. And then kind of got to that point after Mary uh, Mary played her last year was her the year she graduated from Maine South uh, so we played U18 and then I was thinking what am I what's my deal what am I gonna do am I gonna uh, am I gonna golf uh, am I gonna do nothing am I just gonna sit on the couch and drink beer and uh, am I gonna hunt am I gonna bike and in uh, the races uh, whether again the Spartans or or um, you know, distance races really appealed to me. I liked doing it. You know, when I was younger, I always liked the gym, liked to work out, um, and 
and so that's kind of what I landed on, and that was. So you were basically looking to kind of fill that void of not only time, but also kind of your commitment to something. So that's one thing to do, one of them, okay, to kind of fill that void. How the hell did you do 12 of them? And what makes you... Dude, they're fun, man. You you are muddy. You're, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and, you know, we did, uh, as uh, the gym did the mudder. Yeah, yeah. And that was so much fun. It's a big challenge. I think everybody in this gym, if we ever do mutters again, should do the mutter. And they're very, um, you know, you do the race, you do what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. It's a good group activity. It's something to train toward. Um, But I I just love it, man. I just really enjoy the challenge. And, you know, you got rope climbs, you got monkey bars you got all I mean it's just really uh, I, I just really like it's it badass. it's a really good challenge yeah, yeah. it is it, and then it, you feel super accomplished after you do yeah so to kind of bring it full circle here you talked about let the cat out of the bag a little bit of wanting to up your training to make sure you're a little bit more prepared for going into the races oh, yeah. what you've been here for five years what do you think it is that helps you prepare to make sure that you are you know, ready for your races and then just training in general for life, you know, at your age? Well, I think the trainers, you guys are really good. And I'm, uh, um, you know, Tommy, your boy Tommy. <laughs> Man, that, I love that dude. Um, he really got me ready for a lot of the, uh, for a lot of the Spartans. And he would be really creative. He'd have me, He'd have me doing all kinds of shit in the in the in the workout just to get me ready. I mean, Saturdays, Tommy would draw up a workout that honestly I would come in and I would I would feel I would get a sick feeling. <laughs> and I think that um, I you know I think that that was a big part for me. I think you know the intensity of the workout. I think I will. You know, everybody hit periodically has something that hurts. Yeah. And the trainers are really good. You know, I'm working with, with uh, primarily Tyler now. Tyler's done a great job of working with me on, um, on a, a series of movements that um, really gets, you know, it really pushes me. It yeah. really pushes my body. Uh, it pushes me up to the point, you know, you don't want to get hurt, but you definitely want... I want the intensity. I want to be pushed, um, and that look that gets an old guy going. And yeah. you want to compete. You want to do good. We've talked about it in the past of how important is it because you are a warrior in your words, and you are a competitor where you're not going to back down to something. A lot of times, it's kind of pulling you back in some ways, right? That's what I where oh, you where guys. you're not going oh, to the yeah. verge of no, of getting injured with, with regular. So I'll I'll. I that that is the you're one getting thing. blown up on this phone over here. That is the one. Uh, I will have a tendency. Look, you'll be at, you'll be 58 at some point. You still think in your mind that you're 30, and yeah. you still think that you know whether you're squatting or you're going to bench. Yeah, just pile on the plates. I can do it. <laughs> I can do it, coach. And and you can't. And that is a that is a that's a tough realization. Um, it's a tough realization, but you gotta, you know, you gotta deal in reality, and 
and uh, it's it's always good that you guys, uh, you know, and I trust you. I yeah. trust you guys, and so that also you guys have credibility. So whereas I still might want to do something stupid, I won't. You know, if Tyler or Billy or Jonah um, or Maddie or who am I missing? That's I it. Do. Okay, good. I th- uh, yeah. Or Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Not to do something. I won't do it. Yeah. You know, I won't go ahead and say, yeah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Put more weight on. So So at least I'm kind of reciprocating the soundboard, right? So I can go and ask you like, hey, Dave, what do you think about this? You know, for general life and business stuff. And Oh, God, I get a lot. I get more from you guys than you guys get from me. I really believe that. You know? Awesome. I appreciate that. I think it's pretty um, telling of why I thought bringing you on was going to be such a a good idea and how much you have to provide in just terms of knowledge and experience and wisdom. And I really, really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, I seriously do. I, I, I learned a ton. Um, and I think our listeners are going to, um, because you are such a likable guy and around the neighborhood and a lot of people know you. And I think people are going to get a little bit of a different angle and be able to hear you talk about your experiences through your career, your life, and, um, you know, getting into some of the training towards the end there. So, um, again, I, I really appreciate it. Is there any, you have the platform, Dave, is there anything else that you would like to, no, to I say? Just, I love you guys. I think you guys did a great job managing through the pandemic. I think the, I think the culture here, um, you know, you got a lot of different people at a lot of different fitness levels and anybody who comes in is welcomed. Nobody is shamed or, uh, it's just a really, you know, cool, positive vibe. And, uh, no, I, I appreciate you guys. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Your phone, you are the most popular guy I know. Um, again, uh, hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Again, thank you, Dave, so much for coming on. Have a great day, guys.